On today's episode of An Echo of Glory, we look back at that North London derby draw and we talk to Liverpool and Spurs goal-scoring legend Jamie Carragher. Welcome to another episode of An Echo of Glory. Joining me as always, Gary Diamond. Afternoon. And more often than not, Jake Robson. As always now. <laughs> as always now. Yeah, okay. All right. It's going to start straight off with Sunday, something that I really want to talk about. Well, actually, firstly, where did you watch the game? Ah, I was at a wedding. Right. But we, and I was one of two Tottenham fans, seven Arsenal fans. I was in the trenches. Oh, I couldn't have done wow. it. Wow. I was couldn't in the trenches. What, so are you watching it on a phone or? No, we had a, we had a TV set up. Wow. We laptop oh, okay. into the telly. Yeah, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't an option. It, w- it had to be done. I couldn't watch it with Arsenal fans. Do you well, know? Was that, well, I wasn't going to watch it in the, in the toilet on my phone, was I? <laughs> I would have. <laughs> <laughs> at, at my wedding, actually, Spurs were playing. Yes. Um, and this is topical because yeah. we're playing Liverpool this yeah. week and you were at my wedding. Yeah. And uh, so we're having the ceremony and uh, Spurs are playing Liverpool away from home. And the game kicks off at four o'clock, same time as, as, as Spurs kicked off. So I was thinking, oh. you know, if we, the ceremony would be about 25 minutes or thereabouts. It might be nil-nil. <laughs> Let's get this over with. All I can out. see, all I can see out the corner of my eye <laughs> is this guy going, one-nil. And I'm going, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, in the ceremony, I'm going, I'm going, two hours. No, no. <laughs> and then my dad, I can see him out the corner of my eye during the ceremony, just going, Argh. he's getting angrier and angrier. My, my wife's been stood next to me. What's going on? Spurs are getting hammered. <laughs> <laughs> and we did get hammered 4-0. 4-0, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, day before my wedding, we beat Villa 2-1. Crouch and Crouch and Van der Vaart, I think. Or certainly the old knockdown. Crouch a lovely goal from Van der Vaart. That. To Van der Vaart. Mm. Jake, your wedding? Uh, it was, yeah, we lost at Leicester 20, 2019. It was in the morning, so the wedding was uh, later. Early VAR days, and we had one ruled out. Yeah, that was Madison, wasn't it? Yeah. Madison yeah. scored the winner. Yeah. And, and Aurier I mean, offside, which would have put us 2 up, Correct. and then we go off to Ricardo teams. Pereira and Madison. Yeah. Talking of weddings, <laughs> you go to a wedding in a suit. What did you make of Angie's suit? Because I thought he... I don't know. Suit didn't do it for me. He's either dressed up for a wedding or, or a funeral. I'm not sure I, what. I just thought, bless. Ange, what's, why is he, why, Did it, it, do you think it, it worked? No, I like the, I like the, 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 what was it? The sort of long polo shirt kind of thing that he was going with. The first, yeah, you know why he's done it. It's the big game. It's Arsenal away. He's pulled out the, the black suit. I wasn't sure. I, I was thinking to myself, surely it's not black. It looked black on the telly, but maybe maybe it was a really. I, I mean, let's say or it was Spurs a, blue. Maybe it was a really navy blue. He didn't. You know what was missing was like the, some kind of Spurs logo badge, or pin yeah. or badge or oh, a tie yeah. or something. Mm, yeah. Just to give it that that Spurs edge to yeah. it, rather than the Undertaker look. Yeah. But. I did wonder because we, I think I can't remember here or somewhere else. I've had the debate about whether when a manager changes to a suit, when a manager changes to a suit, and they've normally wear something different, does it give off a different vibe to the players? Does it sort of make them think this is a bit different? Yeah. Um, I, I listen. I wasn't a huge fan of the suit. I think Angela usually looks pretty cool. Not a fan of it. Funny right. thing is, he used to wear a suit a lot at Celtic. A lot of the pictures yes, I saw of him, and then I was I was surprised then when he didn't. At, at Tottenham, bring it in a bit earlier, but I love him, but I just don't. I'm where just where does sure. he go? Where does he go next week? Then where does he'll he go? go? He'll go cash again. You I reckon? think. I just don't think the suit works for him. So this you reckon it was Arsenal away, yeah. and that's it? This is the high-level analytical chat yeah. that people come <laughs> here for, isn't it? I just didn't think it was Ange. Come on, they were all thinking it. Okay, <laughs> let's uh, move on from that and go into uh, more structure and our club news. Under 18s beat Reading 3 0 at home, uh, three wins in a row. Uh, they now sit fifth. They play West Brom <clears throat> on Saturday. 
The under-21s last night, Monday night, won 2 at Stoke with goals from Noel John and Jamie Donnelly. Penalty takes it like Harry Kane even celebrates a bit like... Do I say Harry Kane? He who shall not be named. Uh, takes a better free kick. <clears throat> he actually hits the target. Who doesn't take a better free kick? They're mm. top of the league with five wins from five. We're going to put the table up on the screen here. Again, if you're listening to us, you can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on Spotify by making your screen bigger and pressing play. Here is the Premier League two table with the uh, Lily Whites top of the table. Played five, won five, scored 17, conceded one. Level on points with Fulham. Uh, three points clear of Arsenal and Reading. They play Chelsea next Monday uh, in Stevenage, so if you can get yourself down to that seven o'clock kickoff, so that's that's going really well. One goal conceded, mm. my boy Alfie Dorrington at the back. <laughs> By the way, I, I watched the highlights of that game. His passing range was phenomenal yeah. as well. Yeah, so uh, well done to both academy teams winning yet again. Something else that happened recently is the fans' forum. I think it divided less opinion than I thought. I think most people thought it went down pretty well. Um, Levy was there. Fielding a few questions, and obviously you get the oh, well the questions you know vetted, vetted. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, the thing that struck me was Levy admitting that Mourinho and Conte were tra- play- managers he brought in. He felt under pressure from players as well. He said, which kind of surprised me. I thought it was maybe just the fans that really wanted this trophy, but players as well. And he admitted that it didn't work. Well, he couldn't admit otherwise, <laughs> could he? <laughs> no. <laughs> Imagine no. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, um, I, I think we made the, the point on, on this pod that there, there was a sort of feeling whether those managers were appointed to appease a certain player who perhaps was desperate to win trophies at that time, but in doing so, it betrayed the DNA and the philosophy of the club. Yeah. Um, but I thought the forum as a whole was good. It was positive. We as fans have been asking for more uh, communication from the club. That seems to be forthcoming. Mm. Um, Levy then went on to do his interview with, I want to say Bloomberg, but it might not have been. Um, and, and you know, there's, there's always, I don't think the guy can win. There's always the accusations, oh, this wasn't asked, that wasn't asked. I think in the fans' forum more, I would have, if I had managed to, to, to go, I would have liked to ask about the relationship between Tavistock and Tavistock Investments and Tottenham Hotspur and actually make it all clear to us, are these properties going up using the funds of Tottenham? Because people seem to think Pretty that that's coming. Huh? Pretty dull question. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like these are the sorts of things that actually is an opportunity to say clear this up for us. Well, Where maybe, is this coming maybe from? Maybe that's the vetting that happened and, and they weren't clear this up to. for us that though, maybe for maybe those that, that were wondering. Maybe that's why I, I wasn't allowed to go. <laughs> maybe that's why you weren't allowed yeah. to go. I wasn't uh, chosen. Other bits of club news, uh Vuskovic, Luka Vuskovic signing from Hyde Split. He won't join until summer twenty twenty five. We've been talking about it a couple of weeks ago, but club announced it yesterday, Monday, I think. So really one for the future, but supposedly very, very good player. Linked with Chelsea, but who isn't? Man City, <laughs> PSG. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, can I, we, we discussed it a couple of weeks ago. It can only be positive. Looks like a big boy, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Sure. 16. 16? <laughs> yeah. Blimey. Wow. So let's go on to Sunday. Jake, you were at your wedding. And you saw Not the, my wedding. No, you were at a wedding. I was at a wedding. A wedding. You saw the team come out. I did. And there is Vicario in goal, Poro, Romero, Van der Ven, Udogi, Sabasuma, Kulisevsky, Madison, Johnson, which was the only change for Solomon, and Son up front. Happy with the lineup? And you guess saw what it? my first thought was? What was your first thought? This very seat where we discussed this last week, and mm. I said, well, Gary said, I want him to play Johnson. And I said, I want him to play Johnson, but I don't think he will. 
And there you go. There he was, Brennan Johnson, giving his uh, first start in our biggest game of the season so far. And I was, I was really, I was delighted. Why yeah. not? I mean, yeah. he had a really good ten minutes or so when he came on. Obviously, he's looked a good player for Forest. Mm. And I saw that team, and that was, I mean, let's be honest. That's the only, that was the only kind of area in question, wasn't it? I think if we were, if we we're honest, I think there might have been a question whether he starts Hoiberg to shore up the midfield. Ooh, you thought so? In my head, right? Yeah, I didn't know whether because Sar- I really like Saab, but he can be a little bit wild the wrong word naive at times yeah. and I didn't know whether and actually after 20-25 minutes I thought maybe he should have but as we'll, we'll discuss I'm glad he didn't because I think they all grew into the game but Gary thoughts on the starting 11? Yeah it was definitely I think the right 11 um, and I think it's probably the 11 that most of us would have wanted to see mm. the one question would have been perhaps should Johnson be on the right and Kulisevsky on the left because I felt that the area to exploit was uh, where Zinchenko leaves that left back area and goes walkies into midfield thinking his prime Zidane um, and I just thought that if we could have worked Johnson down that wing then we could have really hurt them and, and in fact when we did start to hurt them it was when we started to go a little bit more direct um, and we got in behind them a couple of times that's where the goal the first goal came from Kulisevsky but look it's the right 11 um Without a doubt, can't can't argue with that at all. Okay, so game starts, and I think it was a difficult first ten fifteen minutes. Uh, it was always likely to be Arsenal. I didn't think they didn't think they came out all guns blazing, but they, they dominated uh, possession. Vicario makes a good save from from Gabriel Jesus, and then we go one nil down. Udogi had, had a bit of a, a tough start, not as tough as I thought. Gary Neville said, by the way, he really gave no. Him Gary Neville was, it was, it was. I found it to be bizarre commentary, and also Neville was saying that was coming, that was coming. I didn't feel like it was coming at all. I think I was saying to the guy, the guys I was watching it with, if it was you know the old adage, Arsenal, it was boxing match. Arsenal were winning that opening twenty minutes or mm. half an hour on points, Very weren't much they? So, Very yeah. much so. They had the, the possession. We were kind of we didn't look in too much trouble. We were holding our own. Gary's face disagreed. Well, I didn't create. We didn't create, but but they they actually didn't. There was a, the, the, the possession stats came up in the first twenty minutes, and actually, the uh, uh, the territorial domination was theirs. We were knocking it about at the back, but actually, we had like something like fifty eight percent possession. Yeah, but that's that because point. it was just passing it around. We, but we back. were, but they weren't doing anything. But we, we weren't get Ali on the old Listen, field. I, I'm not saying they were. We, no, no, like by no means am I saying that we were we were under the pump. They were playing us off the park. I just no. think they shaded the opening twenty minutes. But, and that, but the point is, I didn't see the goal. I didn't. I wasn't no. sat there going, "It's coming, it's no, coming, it's not. coming." And that's the kind of point that Gary Neville was sort of saying. Yeah, I just yeah, I vehemently agree, disagree with that. Look, it did come. Yeah. Saka cuts inside. I think Johnson and Udogi possibly you know, haven't played together before and shouldn't let Saka go inside that easily. Smacks it and, and Romero, again, Gary Neville criticised him saying Romero should do better there. I'm not quite sure what it's Romero... That I thought was harsh. I think the thing about Neville is I think he can be particularly harsh on defenders and fullbacks in particular because obviously it comes from a very high bar that he set for a few years. So I, I think sometimes you have to take it with a bit of a pinch. So he, he's not going to criticise, I don't think, maybe midfielders and strikers in the same way, but he doesn't know the position as well. And yeah. he also made a reference, I think, to a dogie. I can't remember exactly the words he used, but he basically said his head had gone for about 10 minutes. It was, um, he, he got booked and then he gave the ball away and he said he's in trouble here. And you thought, well... He gave, a very, he gave a very position. poor pass to Vicario. He did, didn't he? You know, he... he but he's a young player at the end of the No day. problem with him no, at all. No I thought problem. he grew into the game and he was and he was excellent. So we're one nil down and we nearly go two nil down with the Madison giving the ball away to Jesus in our own area. Terrible finish. Absolutely terrible finish. I think if we do that against Liverpool on 
on Saturday you expect against a few other clubs. Anyone uh, else? Yeah, almost anyone else, maybe. You, you expect your, your striker to bury it, but he didn't. But we carried, what I liked was we carried on playing that way. And I'd say about five, ten minutes later, we finally uh, got to grips with their press and we knocked it about. And then we had that lovely move that ends in Johnson missing the chance. It was a brilliant save from, uh, from Rea. But for the next five, ten minutes, we really dominated the game. And actually, you know, you said like you didn't feel like the Arsenal goal was coming. It actually felt like a goal for Spurs was coming. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's, it's, um, we did get a grip on it. We had a shaky start. I think that's to be expected. This is a young team. Um, my concern going into the game, and I think I might have said last week, was the first 15, 20 minutes. I thought they would put us under. And actually, I felt pretty comfortable for that first 15, 20 minutes. Well, well, on that, going through this team, only two of those players uh, in the team played started the game at Arsenal last season, Son and Romero. I think you've got, six North London derby debuts in that team. Vicario, Porro, Van der Veen, Udogi, Johnson and Madison. Never played in a North London derby before. So whilst that's great because they haven't got PTSD from losing there every year, there was bound to be a bit of nerves. Yeah, and and you've already picked up on the fact that some of the communication between Udogi and Johnson playing together for the first time. This is the thing, right, is, is, I don't know if we're jumping ahead of ourselves here, but Arsenal fans have been reacting, saying, oh, they're celebrating it like a win. and That's not the case at all. I go back to what Ange said in the build-up to the game, and he focused, and this drew some criticism from some quarters as well, on, on he was being less concerned about the result than the performance and, and, and a lot of people said oh it's all about the result against the North London Derby but this is a guy that is building something for the next three four five years that's quite clear so for him the performance and the direction how the yeah. team play is all important and I think when we are talking about how we feel about the 2-2 draw it's not that we're celebrate, celebrating the draw and people shouldn't get this confused I mean I don't imagine any Arsenal fans be listening to this it's not about the point away at the Emirates it's about the fact that we went there we dominated possession by a long way, we we had more passes than them. We had more. I mean, I, I'm not one that buys into XG and all of that, but sometimes it does tell a story. And in this case, it suits my narrative. The XG from open play was much higher for us than it was for them. We created the more clear cut chances. I think it was Les Ferdinand afterwards that Spurs scored two clean goals. They scored a deflection and a penalty. And it was about the performance. The performance, I think, is something that Andrew would have wanted to see, and that was what was worth celebrating more so than the point. We've gone there. And I don't think many teams will go there and be as dominant on the ball, as comfortable on the ball, and as confident on the ball as we were, and create as many good opportunities yeah. as we did. Whilst I agree, you have jumped the gun. So apologies. Following on from what you were saying, that when Madison gave that ball away, and Jesus, did he went, he put it over, didn't he? Yeah. It didn't matter. It didn't matter to to the, the players, the Tottenham mm. players out on the pitch. They weren't going to start hoofing it long, but just because they've been caught in possession once on the edge of the area. It was almost like, right, we'll, we'll play even further back. They were passing it along the six-yard box. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, this is what I want to be seeing. This is, they, it doesn't matter what happens. There is a clear philosophy and a clear way of playing, and we are sticking to this no matter what. And people used to almost laugh at Guardiola a bit, and when Klopp came in, and sometimes their defenders would get caught, people would say, are you going to tell them to do anything different? And they would say, absolutely not. We're going to do it better next time. Mm. And, this is, and, and we're now in that, ca- that uh, we have a manager who follows that way of playing and he says it, I'm going to back my players 100% you've got Van der Ven who's come in 22 his sixth Premier League match you've got Udogi who's really young you said Porro's first North London derby you've got the two guys in midfield 
and they know that whatever happens, the manager backs, backs them. them. And you if can't they make ask a mistake, much more than that. If they make a mistake, Andrew will come out and say, that was on me. That was I've on asked me. them to do I've that. Asked, that's how, we, how we're going to play and we're going to do it better next time. So, yeah, so we play some great football for, for 10 minutes. Uh, we are behind. Johnson misses a chance. He then misses another chance when Rare sort of flaps at that cross from, from Saar. He then sends... Uh, Saka out for a hot dog. I mean, he turns him superbly, crosses it in, Son sweeps it in. It's a really brilliant finish, uh, by the way. Uh, and we go into half-time 1-1. <laughs> I think I remember I, tweeting. Go, go on. I just want to come back to that goal. And I, I thought, you know, of the two keepers, the cheap option versus the option that everybody wanted, the cheap option came out on top. and covered himself yeah, very much in really glory. Well. Raya made a very good save, but that equaliser... I thought he was dreadful for it. Like he's pushed the ball right back into yeah, play. Yeah, he got his feet all wrong. Yeah, and he, all he could do at that point was flap it out, and, and, and grateful that he did. But thought Johnson's finish wasn't great, by the, the way, but never mind. He, he scuffed it a bit, didn't he? Mm. Didn't quite catch it, and I think if he had, it would have been a goal, and that was what made the save for look probably really good. That it was in a bit of a slow motion, but Son's movement for the for the goal, the first goal that he scored, mm. that run across. You know, that's not something I don't think we've seen a whole. I mean, if Harry Kane does that, you go, yeah, well, that's what he does, or. I shouldn't have mentioned him, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, but this is what we... This, when people were saying, oh, maybe we'll see Son go through the middle, we think of Son kind of... Over the top. Over the top, one-on-one, mm. -on -one, that kind of thing. Yeah. But movement, diagonal run yeah, and the good, flip yeah. with his left foot across the goalie. Yeah. Fantastic. And didn't you just love how he runs towards the Arsenal fans? And sometimes players then sort of turn around and go the other way. He's going in the corner flag, giving it this. <laughs> yeah. And you also think of Son as... We think of Son as such a nice guy, don't we? A lot, you know, he was pumped. He was pumped, and he yeah. knows he's probably going to take V's, abuse, whatever. He doesn't give a fuck. He's going yeah. into the Arsenal fans saying, have some of that. So I've never heard you swear. I've never heard you swear. <laughs> um, Half-time comes, <laughs> half comes and goes, and I tweeted out, because I'm a pessimist like that, what time's the Arsenal penalty then? And five minutes later, they get a penalty. We can sit here and we can debate for 20 minutes about whether it was a penalty or not. Was it a joke based on uh, statistical fact? There's a lot of penalties in that game. Right. Normally to us, we tend to get the penalties in this fixture. They've not had that many over the years. They get a penalty. Like I said, I think we can debate for a while about that. I think it's a, I think it's a penalty. Um, I do care for your opinions, but I want just a straight answer. Penalty, yes or no? Um, Strap, I'm gonna one say, word answer. I'm going to say yes now. Thank you. I was saying no at the time. <laughs> Jake? <laughs> <laughs> well, after four pints. I'll say, more, I'll say more than no at the time. <laughs> Jake? Uh, with the new rules, yes. Yeah, it's a penalty. So he sticks away the penalty and everyone's fawning over how Saka takes such a great penalty. Well, or since Euro has taken such great penalties, I seem to recall him slamming one wide against uh, West Ham last season, which basically cost him the title. Also, not, the, not, to take, not to give him to, uh, a hard time. I think Vicario made it a bit easier for him than maybe he would have liked. He, he went, it felt like he went a bit early, Vicario. I think yeah, when, when so it goes down the middle, it's always just, you're yeah. always, you're always, the yeah. keeper's always going to look like a mug. Yeah, um, it was a good penalty. But then 89 seconds later, or that's 89 seconds from, from the goal, about 30 seconds from kickoff, Madison pickpockets uh, Jorginho and, and Son sticks that away. And, and it's a lovely finish. And we talked about limbs, didn't we, recently? Well, there were some limbs in that away end. Yeah, I mean, look at that. What, what, what a picture that is. Uh, uh, again, we're putting this up on our, on our YouTube channel as we record. Uh, head over there to see this wonderful picture of Madison leaping in the air and just the, what I like with these photos is you you can find something else every time you yeah. Yeah. Uh, you look at a different person I don't know how many people are in this shop but they're all doing different things but all doing different things 
but all sharing the same moment. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it's Hang it in the Louvre, as they say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's a great Hang place. it in the lane. What was interesting about that goal is um, Madison's come out since and said that he and Son were talking about pressing on quicker to the Arsenal midfielders. Um, I, I, I just thought it was... It, I mean, Jorginho was dreadful for the goal. But Madison yeah. was so alive to the fact that he does dally on it a little bit. It was so quick onto him. Um, the ball that Madison played to Perfect. Son was absolutely... And what I loved about this was I was saying to some, some people that once Madison wins the ball there and you can see Son going through, I never had any doubt that it was going to be two all because you knew that Madison would find the right pass at the right moment. You knew that Son wouldn't have to break his stride and you knew Son would finish it. Was it was perfect. And, and, and those are two top-class players mm. that when they're in that position, it was done. It, it was, was two It was all. the way that he kept Saliba guessing, Madison, right until the last moment, that by the time he played the pass, Saliba didn't know if Madison was going to shoot whether he was going to go round him or he was going to pass it, and Saliba was stuck. He just drew him he in. Just drew him right in. Right at the right the way he positioned him. himself. Coming to my head of when Sissoko, we had that situation against Liverpool. God, you got Sissoko against Liverpool, Anfield. You got Zakora in the cup oh, final against Chelsea. You know these players go through, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not even getting excited here. It's pointless. But in that situation, two on one, Madison and Son, it was never anything but a goal. And that's just the sign of two class players and, and the faith that the we have in them. The most satisfying thing for me was that Tottenham and Arsenal, Madison made a similar error, didn't they, that we talked about. Mm. But the way we pounced on their error yeah. It, yeah. in a way that they didn't manage to pounce on ours yeah. Was, yeah. was nice. So not long after that, Madison hyperextends his knee and we're all thinking, fearing the worst at this point. He plays, plays on and gets taken off and said he wasn't actually 100% before the game. He also took Son off. Do we feel that was him declaring at that point and was sort of saying, I'll take 2-2 two, two now? No. No? I don't think Ange does. I, I don't think but then it was declare. odd to take off Son. Who's Is that like an Aussie cricket joke? <laughs> well, nobody... <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, no, I don't think so. I, I think Ange always wants to try and score more than the opposition. And I think... I, I, Son... Am I right in thinking Son hasn't lasted the full... 90 in most of the games yeah, he has played. not every week for sure so but I can understand taking Madison off if, if he's not been fit and he's sort of had that knee problem on Sunday but taking Son off I thought I'm not criticising it was, it was great the whole performance was great but I thought that was a little bit odd I don't know I think there was a, 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 maybe a bit of that in it I think as well you, you've got to get Richarlison on the pitch after he turned the game around against Sheffield United you've got to give him that opportunity but once you've taken off both Johnson and Son, and you've removed that threat of the electric pace behind them. That's really the, the thing that's going to scare them the most. And you're removing Madison as well. That's the, the only guy really that's going to put the ball through. It was a little bit like, where could we get another goal from now? So I also think though, I, I, he's not saving him for anything. So it was what, 79 minutes or 70, 80th minute. He's not saving him. So there's obviously a re there's a reason behind it. And I think he brings on Richarlison because he obviously, he's got the data. Maybe Son, maybe Son's getting tired by that point. He's yeah. done a lot of running. Who knows? You know Richarlison comes on and gives you energy. Yeah, he doesn't have the kind of pace. And obviously he's not as good a finisher, but he'll give you that energy and he will give you something for what is going to be 15, maybe 20 minutes if there was 10 minutes of extra time. <sighs> I don't. What you think he's? You think he's gone? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with where we've got. It's not a defensive substitution, is it? He's not. He's not shoring things up by taking Son off and replacing him no, with Richarlison. A bloke on two goals coming off. I just I thought it was a bit odd. Anyway, I'm not Ange, and he knows a lot more than me. So 
all the talk pre-match was about them destroying us at the carpet. I mean, they call it the carpet. What is wrong with them? They're just sickening everything about them. It's just so <laughs> cringe. They're but, the most yeah. cringe club. Mm. I, I'm going to stop because otherwise I'm going to go off on one. <laughs> Merson said they would slaughter us. He since come out sort of giving us a little bit of credit. Uh, Arsenal over What's he seeing though? Where's he? Well, has he not over, watched the first five matches? But they're overhyping themselves, and I, and, I, and I think they thought. But the that funny thing is, is that, and they will admit they have not been very good in the first five games, and we have been very good in our first. But five they refuse. I think they've refused to see that, and their whole th thing this year. Well, you've not played anybody yet. Man United are rubbish. You know, we've, we've which been, they played, which they played, and United have been poor. But you've only played Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Burnley, and Brentford. Well, who have they played? Nottingham Forest and uh, Fulham. Right. Incidentally, Palace, I think. they have played United and they beat him 3-1. And Gary Neville's commentary in the first half was, was so lopsided to me that it almost felt like he wanted Arsenal to beat us in order to vindicate the United performance. <laughs> because, he sees, because he sees United and, uh, as, as Tottenham as more competition to, to United mm. than Arsenal. I'm sorry, Gaz, you're wrong, mate, because uh, we're clearly far better than United. But he's, also, he's also tipped Arsenal to win the league this season. So he's got um, to keep going with that. He's got a hill to die on. Okay, so are we happy with the point? I saw this this tweet, uh, if I can find it, on X. Someone said, uh, Prof Spurt said... Are Spurs they still called tweets, even though they're on X? Uh, they're called posts, right, I think. Okay. Spurs fans are not at all happy with the draw. We're just responding to unfounded predictions that we get battered, which we just talked about. I'm disappointed, should have had three points. It's a bit of a mixed bag there. Yes, slightly disappointed that we didn't get three points. I feel that they were possibly there for the taking with the players that they had out and players that got injured and substitutions, Rice coming off, and blah, blah, blah disagree that Spurs fans are not happy with the draw I think we'd all have taken that pre-game and even post-game when you look at it like I said it's the performance that I was most enthused with right yeah. I can't remember going to the Emirates and feeling I, I did feel comfortable during the game I didn't feel as though they were going to hurt us I didn't feel like we were about to commit suicide apart from that one Madison thing I felt we were in control I felt we had a game plan I felt we knew what we were doing and he says you know disappointed that we didn't take three points I don't think you can ever be disappointed when you go away from home against top six team and come back with something. Um, but, you know, there was that moment where we broke down the right-hand side. Kulisovsky's played it into Poro. We've knocked about brilliantly at the bat. And Poro has only got to get it past uh, Gabriel and Son's got his hat-trick. Yeah. And, and with the, the quality that Poro has, that was the moment. That was about 78 minutes, that move. And if that great move. It, it was a brilliant, brilliant move. And that was the moment. And, and I just backed Porro to have either got it past Gabriel and, and, and for someone to have an easy, an easy finish or cut it back onto his left foot, send Gabriel off to get a burger and, 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 and then, you know, you've got <laughs> yeah. a clean shot on goal. That was the moment. And when you look at that, I can't think of an opportunity that Arsenal created where you go, Oof, they cut us open there. They they should have done that. No, not know. after the Jesus goal. No, certainly no. not. No, they had a few corners at the end, a couple of which that weren't even corners. But and they had a couple of pot shots, but nothing. But, but that's the point. Nothing. Is 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 I was happy with the point. You can't be disappointed with it. Slightly rue the fact that we missed a great opportunity to take all three points, but really happy with the performance and the direction of the team in the first big test. And people can no longer say, "Ah, oh, you've played rubbish teams. You played." We haven't. We've gone to the Emirates where we normally fold. And we could have one. Are you able just to put the tweet back on again? Sure. Or have I, have I, have I, it's the, we're just responding to unfounded predictions that we get battered. And the other thing is, I think the reason why I agree with you, Gaz, for once, is that. You did last week. I did last week. Now. 
I think, but I also think you I'm can... I'm going to make a log of these. I think it's the way, it's the, it's the performance we've put in, but also you've got to be happy with getting a point away from home at the team that could have won the league last season for a start. We're only... Si- but I think the reason also why maybe people are disappointed, like you, is the first five games we've had. Off the back of that, you're looking at us going, actually, maybe we no, could be better. No, 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 no. I, 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 you know, we sat here last week and, and, and I said a draw because I couldn't bring myself to say I actually think Arsenal are favourites to win. I, I didn't expect us to go there and beat them. I'm disappointed because we had the opportunity and because of how well we played and how well we controlled yeah. the game, I thought the opportunity was there. But it wasn't to do with the first five games, as positive as they were. Okay. Would you like a stat? Always. So there was a bit of banter flying around this week that Spursy was so Spursy that they were the most Spursy team in Premier League history where we'd uh, given up the most points from winning position in, in, in the history of the competition. Well, Sa- Sunday was our 428th point uh, from behind in Premier League history, which uh, puts our standalone top as the team that has come back to gain the most points in Premier League history. Well, and also this season we've gone behind in four of six and we haven't lost yet so take eight, eight, eight from 14 there you go eight so from 14 we're, from behind. we're not yeah. spursy at all not sp- <laughs> bottle <laughs> courage yeah we're nowhere near as spursy brave as people, uh, people will say yeah so possibly the first big test for Ange that game no, listen, I, 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 I can't agree with that statement because I think if you are a new manager and you could handpick your first home game, it wouldn't be United. Yeah. It just whatever, whatever United team it is, it wouldn't be United. You'd want to get off to a, a fairly comfortable start. Yeah. Um, and I think that United game was a big test. Um, but certainly, this is the game that says to me, we can go away and mix it away from home with the big six and, uh, and, and, and and we're a serious football team. Okay, all right. So he's had two tests, real tests, Man United at home, Arsenal away, huge test on Saturday coming up against a team that we very, very rarely beat. No win in 12 against Liverpool now. I've not beaten them since 2017. Uh, at Wembley, when, when Klopp took off uh, Lovren after half an hour, so they are a bogey team. Had some very, very close shaves against them, none more so than the 4-3 uh, last year when we were 3-0 down. Thoughts going into some, uh, Well, I, I actually think, to speaking of f- first big test, yeah, I think it now gets harder and harder in a way because the expectation is yeah. there. Suddenly yeah. we've gone away at Arsenal. We're unbeaten in six. Yeah. We've drawn two, one of which is away at Arsenal. As we said, we've come back in all these games. Now... Sorry, but I'm thinking that we've got a we've got a decent chance going into to the Liverpool game. Liverpool have been a bit up and down. Obviously, they're second in the league, but the way they've been performing, you sort of feel like they're definitely defensively vulnerable. So are we. You'd back us to score two goals at least, as we have done in every match so far. Yeah. Maybe we can keep them out. I mean, Van der Ven, how good was he at the weekend? He's had sick, this is sick Super. game in the Premier League, having come from abroad with a new manager. He's a young guy. He's got young Udogi on his left as well. Yeah. Another one who's the cheaper option ahead of Tapsoba, by the way. But I mean, what he, f- f- for not f- he has been a phenomenon. I, I, listen, I, I can't say that I saw him I'm at so- all before, no. before he joined Tottenham. I didn't know what to expect. No. But my God, uh, he has settled so quickly and, and he's got every attribute to be a top, top He's going to be up against Salah on, on Saturday. That will be a real win. Well, test. it'll be him and Udogi. So I think it'll be a test for Salah actually because you know nice spin on that yeah yeah no I I do because I I don't I I think it's unusual that Salah would have faced two defenders with such speed such power um, 
and and both very very good defenders. Uh, I think it would be. I, I'm I'm really interested to see the battle between Udogi and Robertson, um, who I really don't. Like. I think he's a really nasty player sometimes, Andy Robertson. But um, I'm I'm interested to see that, and and I think there's great battles all over that pitch. But this is a Spurs team that has the power, the physicality, and the pace. I think to, to to hurt Liverpool. And you'd imagine that after the way the game ended, or after that first twenty minutes or so, that Odogi should be full of confidence as well, having come through that tough test, passed it. He man. I mean, I thought he would be when when he got booked and the two central midfielders got booked. I thought there's no way we're finishing this game with no. With, I thought no, not not a chance. They were all booked inside the first half an hour, weren't yeah. they? So to come through that as well, yeah. I mean, playing at home showed real maturity in that. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Good luck. Good there, luck there, were, there were a couple of times when I could see that he wanted to, to go and challenge Saka, but instead he just stood him up and pushed him away in the opposite direction. And, 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 and that, that ability to learn and adapt in-game is, is sensational for Mudogi. Um, I think it would be a great battle against Salah, but I think Salah is a man not at the peak of his powers, starting you know the decline, and Udogi is a guy very much coming up. Uh, so I think it would be a fantastic battle. Shall we talk to someone who knows a lot about Liverpool? Be a good idea, wouldn't it? But in saying that, should we talk to a man who knows a lot about Liverpool, played a lot for Liverpool, but actually scored three goals for Tottenham? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's do that right now. Delighted to be joined by a man who made 737 appearances for Liverpool, second on their all-time list. Welcome to the show, Jamie Carragher. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Jamie. Let's start with Liverpool straight away. Disappointing campaign last season, lowest finish since 2016. Started this season brilliantly, however, 18 matches unbeaten in all competitions. Is it fair to say that Liverpool have slightly gone under the radar so far this season? Yeah, yeah, they, they have. I'm, I'm not sure why, really, because, I mean, Liverpool have been the biggest challenges to City over the last sort of four or five years. They've, they've had a season off, if you like, where they're basically the team that Liverpool has had to come to an end. And, you know, you, 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 I think it's right to say that, you know, even from the staff and the manager, they probably just didn't spot it early enough really, and that's why the season was so poor. Uh, so they've done a lot of work in the summer, moving players out, bringing players in. But it's funny because when you say 18 games unbeaten, it's a great run that goes back to last season. But I think Liverpool supporters delighted that, you know, the start Liverpool have made, but it still feels like there's something nagging in the back of your head that's something still not 100% right. And it's probably, you know, not a, what it was, you know, a couple of years ago. But I think we've got to accept that because this is almost the start of a new team, really. So we should be almost judging this team against Klopp sort of second or third year at Liverpool rather than sort of what was going on, you know, a couple of years ago. Jamie, you mentioned a new team. Obviously, there's been a lot of new faces on the pitch, probably not just over the summer, but the last year or so. From from a Tottenham fan's point of view, from the outside, it feels like under Klopp that Liverpool have rarely got big money signings wrong. Maybe Naby Keita didn't work out. But more often than not, a lot of them have come in and they've all done really well. What do you know? How have they managed to do that? Like what the process is behind that? Because we've at Tottenham had a few signings over the years that we spent lots of money on that just haven't really worked out. Name names. Well, it's funny that because Liverpool... Listen, I think Liverpool's analytics team behind the scenes was, was a big part of FSG, the ownership coming in. They wanted to do this money ball uh, style of club that we know was famous in uh, over in, in the States. So they brought it over here and, it, and it's worked brilliantly. But what you've got to remember is that team of people was still in place before Klopp got there. And it wasn't that successful. So I think sometimes we, we, we I would say we give too much praise to the 
the scouts, the analytics team. Because, yeah, I think most people can spot a top player. or Not, not spot a top player, because that, that's easy. Maybe spotting someone who would has maybe gone under the radar and would work in your team and in your manager's setup. But a big thing that we all forget is once you sign someone, people always say it's all about your recruitment. It is. But then the manager has still got to find a way to get the best out of that player. The players he's playing alongside, the system, does it work? The way the manager sees the game, does that align with this player that he's bringing in? Because different players suit you know, different managers and different clubs. And to be honest, sometimes I think when people talk about Liverpool and how successful they've been in the transfer market, a lot of the credit's got to go to Jurgen Klopp. Because a great thing in management is actually... Coaching those players, making them better, making them believe that they can play for, you know, Liverpool, Tottenham, whoever it may be. And that's something that I think sometimes is is forgotten. Because the thing for me is Liverpool, to be fair, have changed their their business, if you like, behind the scenes. Michael Edwards is really famous, a big name in football, and he's moved on and different people have filled those roles. And that's been something quite contentious with Liverpool supporters who, you know, sort of want Michael Edwards back. And listen, he was part of that brilliant sort of journey under Jürgen Klopp and the, and the ownership. So he was obviously doing a great job, but we shouldn't forget the man who's in charge of the football club, the man who's picking the team, what he's getting out of players on a day-to-day basis. Because he's a great manager, he will get more out of them than other managers would maybe at different football clubs or, you know, Liverpool's next manager as well. Jeremy, that's interesting that you mentioned Liverpool's next manager because I've been thinking a lot about the importance for a football club to identify the right managers. And actually, I was, I was going back and, and Spurs had Bill Nick from 58-74. Liverpool had Bill Shankly from 59-74. Since then, Liverpool have had 13 managers up until Jurgen Klopp. Tottenham have had 32. Manchester United have had eight managers since Sir Alex Ferguson left in 2013. You're a one-club man. What is it about Liverpool? Because they seem to have an aura, a philosophy, a DNA that every other club seems to strive to achieve an identity, and Liverpool have it. What is it? I I think Liverpool is unique in how the supporters look at the manager. Liverpool is a manager's club. It's not a player's club for me. So when, when you think of like the great times Liverpool have had in the past... And you'd always think of the manager, if you're Liverpool, you think, oh, Shankly, Paisley, Fagan, Rafa winning the Champions League. It, this era is seen as not the era of, uh, you know, Virgil van Dijk and Mo Salah. This era will be seen as Jürgen Klopp's era. And that might be different at other clubs. I, I certainly think it is, but the adulation the manager gets at Liverpool Football Club is like nothing he will ever get at any other club in world football. And... That, I think, for a manager gives him power, certainly. And it gives him sort of like a standing that he's never going to get anywhere else. So, hence, the managers, I think, want to stay. No one ever leaves Liverpool, really, as a manager to go anywhere else. Uh, And Klopp's going to end up probably being here longer than he's been in any other club Mm -hmm. uh, because of that reason as well. And Liverpool, from my own experience, it'll be the same now. There's never any player power. Really, you know, and we are a huge football club, one of the biggest in the world, but you never hear of the players, you know, oh, a manager's lost his restaurant because the manager always used to have so much power. And if, even if a manager got off to a bad start, the only one I can think of where they, they had to change them was Roy Hodgson because it just wasn't the right fit. Yeah. The, the, the supporters just wasn't having it. But even a Gerard Houllier, when I was there, his first season was really poor. Rafa Benitez, I know we won the Champions League, but... There was a lot of ups and downs that season and it wasn't great at times. 
But there was never any question that the manager would be changed. It was a bit like the players aren't good enough. We've got a top manager and we're going to give him time to get it right. So normally most Liverpool managers will get at least three or four years mm. uh, before there was any talk of him moving on. The only one who's been different probably since Bill Shankly was Roy Hodgson. Talking about managers, <clears throat> Jamie, Klopp coming up to his eighth anniversary in charge. Postacog has been here six games. How have you seen the start to his tenure as Spurs manager? Well, it, it reminds me a little bit of when Klopp first came into Liverpool in that it feels like not even Spurs supporters, it feels like everybody else loves him, don't they? And <laughs> I thought Klopp had that effect when he first came in because of his, his press conferences, uh, you know, he was a personality, he was a character. And I think everyone's just bought into Postacoglu, you know, being in the Premier League and such, even though he's your, uh, your manager, it feels like everyone's enjoying listening to him. And he just seems like, as, as everybody said about Klopp when he first came in, you'd love to go for a pint with him. That's yeah, the type yeah, of yeah. sort of guy he comes across as. Uh, and it, just the way he answers, the way he comes across is great. But, you know, when you're watching his team play, it's been such a contrast from where Tottenham were. So I can't believe how well Tottenham are doing, really, because it is such a shift in terms of the football. And yes, I know he's brought players in, but there's still a lot of players there who are used to a certain style of football under Conte and managers before that. So to come in and do what he's done, not just the results, but the actual performances already. And you think it can only get better once the, you know he, he brings more players in, a few next few transfer windows, the players sort of working with him every day on the training pitch, which which this season, I think they've got to make the most of yeah. because you're not in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so there's a great chance you'll be back in Europe next season. So you won't have as much you know training time on, on the training pitch to you know hone the techniques or the positions that they take up because it is a little bit different. We've never really seen what he's doing in the Premier League before. We've seen it. I know the fullbacks go into midfield, but it's slightly different to how Pep does it and, and other teams do it. So it is a little bit different, but it's... Uh, it started really well, and I, and I think there is a feeling in the game that you'd probably like to see Tottenham do well because the manager comes across so well. Looking ahead to Saturday's game, Liverpool very much a bogey side for Tottenham. The only team we've not beaten yet at the new stadium in the Premier League. Haven't beaten Liverpool since 2017, that game where Klopp dragged Lovren uh, after half an mm. hour at Wembley. It seemed to be a bit of a turning point for Liverpool at that point. Uh, how do you see Saturday's game going? I think there'll be goals. I think right now, watching Liverpool, and I said that before, the nagging doubt in the back of your mind is that the, the opposition can, you know, get a couple of chances. Always look they're going to score a goal. Uh, and Tottenham have obviously got really good firepower. But I also think watching Tottenham, it always feels like similar in that you always feel like there'll be a bit of a chance you, you should be able to score, mm. really. I, I think the game could be 2 2. I think there'll be, there'll be lots of goals. I don't see how either side could really keep a clean sheet. I'd be very surprised if either team do. And Liverpool right now have got so much firepower, not just on the pitch, but off the bench as well. So as the game opens up, that could be a problem for Tottenham. But I think for Liverpool right now, I think, uh, and how Tottenham are doing, yeah, I, I could see a draw, I, I, but with goals in it. I can't, I can't let this moment pass, Jamie, without mentioning your glittering career. 737 appearances for Liverpool, nine honours, 38 caps for England, two World Cups, I can't not mention three own goals against Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that must put me up there on the on the list, certainly in the Premier League era of, of Tottenham legends, because you haven't got that many. So, I, mean, I always liked you playing against in, us. That must put me in the top ten, uh, really. I'm just going to try and go through them. I remember one of them was a great left foot shot. Uh, <laughs> that was my first one at uh, White Hart Lane. I tried to clear him and straight in. There was another one at Anfield. Uh, I think we won that game 3-2. Yeah, 3-2. And, and then the next one, 
was we got one at White Hart Lane when we won two one. We were... uh, you know what? The one at White Hart Lane, we, we should have won the league that season. That was we only lost twice all season, and one of those was was that game. And you know what? We battered us for the first half, first hour. And I tell you what, it was we used to do zonal marking, and Ledley King come up, and I just thought, I, I've got to win this header against Ledley King. So it was almost like I've got to just go for this ball. And I ended up going for a ball I shouldn't have really gone for because I was just in the wrong body position. Mm. And uh, my keeper should have saved it, by the way. <laughs> Does Pepe Reina listen to uh, Echo Glory podcast? We'll send him the link. We'll, send him the well, make sure you tag him in because he should have he should have saved it. Went right through his hands. But no one remembers that. No Spurs family remembers that. So... Yeah, we uh, and then you scored again. Yeah, Pavlicenko right, right, right at the end. Redknapp told him to come on and run around a bit. Yeah, it was, it was under <laughs> yeah. Redknapp. Yeah. We, we had we started two points to make games under. Well, Redknapp came in with two points to make games, and that was a big win for Spurs. Yeah, I, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, so so they're the three, and I'm. Uh, but listen, I always had a soft spot for Spurs. Uh, going back to when I started uh, watching football in the mid '80s, because you was. Uh, He's allowed Everton to go and win the league when I was an Everton fan in 84, 85. So Tottenham, Tottenham were the big rivals and uh, the big game at White Hart Lane in the midweek towards the end of the season. Andy Gray and uh, Trevor Stephen got the goals. So it was, uh, it was always a little bit of a soft spot for Spurs. We love, to hear, that. That, we love to hear that. Just a little, so you said that's your prediction for the weekend, 2-2, two, two, you reckon? I'm going to go 2-2, two, two, yeah. I think, it, I think there'll definitely be goals. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I just can't see either side keeping a clean sheet. I think yeah. Liverpool have got too much foul, firepower not to score at least one. And I still think, even when you watch the West Ham game last week, we're still giving up a few chances. We got, I think we've got the best goalkeeper in the world, I must be honest. I think he's unbelievable. He produced an unbelievable save at the weekend from uh, Jared Bowen. But uh, So, yeah, we've got a top keeper you've got to get past. <laughs> we'll do our best. Jamie, thanks so much for talking about Liverpool and looking forward to, to the weekend. And Tutu, we'll take that. Cheers, Jamie. Thank okay, you. Okay, but well, well, come on. I'm on now, so I want to know a little bit more about Spurs. Come on, what's the feeling? <laughs> um, positive. Not I mean, just this game. Well, the team, the players. I think what's interesting is you mentioned how well Postacoglu's got us playing, but I think more importantly than that is there is a real bond and connection between the fans and the team again that he's developed so yeah. quickly that had gone under Mourinho and Conte and, and the atmosphere was almost toxic and poisonous. And at that point, it turns towards the board and so on and so forth. But we've heard nothing of that in these first six games. And there's the bond between the team and the real connection. And, and I can only see it going from strength to strength. And, and I'd like to think that it would turn into the same sort of bond that Liverpool fans have with Klopp and Klopp's teams. Also, we saw on Sunday, we got, you know, that uh, Jesus miss when he robbed Madison. But they didn't, mm. they carry, you know, if we do that against Liverpool on Sunday, you expect Salah or, or whoever, Nunes, <clears throat> to bury it. But we still carried on playing like that. This is the way mm -hmm. we're going to play. And this is all the fans have wanted. You know, like Gary said, Mourinho and Conte, they almost felt like they were doing us a favour. But aside from that, the football was so dull. But, but there's another factor to it as well. And, and Jake asked you about, about the recruitment. Mm -hmm. And that was important to us because our recruitment has been so bad. But actually, I think it started with um, Fabio Paratici. The recruitment and the quality of player coming in hasn't been just sort of hickety pickety. It's, it's actually been it's like focused. it's focused, yeah. it's targeted. It's every player who's coming in fits into the team. Postacoglu has said quite clearly that he has the final say on everything. You're not getting these club signings that Conte was talking about previously, of which, by the way, two are in the team now: Mate Sarr and 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 Bissouma. Uh -huh. You know, um, so everything just seems to be. It seems to be a lot more cohesive all round. 
Yeah, I mean, Madison's made a big difference. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was laughing. I mean, the stuff with the darts with Saka. I mean, what he said after the game was hilarious. Yeah, was the, the roast dinner quote. Uh, was no, an absolute but, 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 but I don't know if you saw he did it against Sheffield United. Yeah, when... I mean, listen, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not sure when this is going on, but I think I'm going to do my newspaper column on here, Madison. I was just thinking about it the other day. He's almost like a bit of a throwback in that. Players now are so micromanaged, you can't get at them. They've got agents, even like the club channels, everyone's all over them. And they're terrified to say anything, you know, if they get slaughtered on social media. But he's just like, he's, he's just got, got a personality you can't help but warm to. And what I, what I, I mean, I know what he's like. Obviously, I know him from Leicester. I've done a few interviews on Sky with him and that. But I remember his, his first interview for Tottenham. He, he was calling the chairman, Daniel. And I was like, you've only been there fucking two minutes. He's like, oh, yeah, I have a good chat with Dan. I'm like, he's the shit. I'm like, oh my god, but like typical Madison, you know what I mean? And uh, the way he was talking about the Spursy stuff as well the other day, and I was thinking, oh my god, you know what I mean? But he's just great copy, isn't he? And listen, top player, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? But he also kind of talks the he talk he walks the walk as well as talk the talk. I mean, the manager's made yeah. him the he's got these kind of vice captains, and he said straight in there yeah. off the bat, two months in. I'm gonna, you're going to be one of my leaders. So obviously he's somebody that the manager has kind of latched onto and really likes that as well. But also he, t- he took the shit. He, he's got the ten off Kane. I, think. I mean, Kane, even yeah. that, you know, yeah, yeah. Harry Kane. I mean, you, you might tell me different, but probably could arguably be Tottenham's greatest ever player. Really, when you you know, I'd put him right up there probably. With, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do a little. So who, who would the options be there? Would that be Dave Mackay and Glenn Hoddle? Yeah, Dave yeah. Mackay, Hoddle, Greaves, Greaves, Blanche Flower, Blanche Flower, Kane. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So he's, he's right in the mix, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, and just, just to say, yeah, I'll have that shares. He's just got to the club. Uh, no, he's been he's, he's been brilliant. And listen, that that I'm a little bit worried about him on Sunday uh, on Saturday because Liverpool still haven't really got a whole midfield play. They've got McAllister playing there. That's not his role. Mm. Uh, so I think that's something Liverpool will have to keep an eye on whether it's they, they put someone else in there or they, they put two men in there because. I think he's been that good this season. You've got to have a little plan for Madison. Do you expect Trent to be back? Fitness-wise, I'm not sure, but I, I don't know if he'll put him... I was thinking about that. Would you put him straight into Tottenham away when you've got sort of... I know Son's been playing up front and uh, Johnson played there, didn't he? Mm. But I just... I'm not sure. I don't know. Listen, if he's fit, he's, go, he's going to play. Yeah. But it's probably not ideal to go back in at Tottenham away with sort of the attacking power that you've got. But listen, he's he's, he's that good a player. He, he's have to go back in just for his passing ability. Never mind how we'll get on defensively <laughs> against uh, you know your attackers. You spoke about a plan for Madison. Would you not think about playing Trent centre mid and a bit deeper to pick up on Madison and then sort of be that quarterback kind of role against Spurs? Yeah, well, I mean, he ends up in the on the ball anyway. So that's not the, the issue is like what he'd be doing defensively in in that role. Uh, and I've always said, I think in the future, maybe the next manager after Klopp might see him more as a midfield player and maybe buy a right back mm. in the future. I think actually for England now, when he picked the England squad or the last one, his name's with the midfield players. So I think for England, I can see the midfield being him, Declan Rice and probably Jude Bellingham, maybe mm. going forward into the tournament mm. in, in the future as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's that's a, a question that comes up all the time uh, with Trent. I don't think it'll ever change. Yeah, yeah, and I'll give it the I'll retweet and get a load of verbal off Tottenham fans. Gary's got one, one quick story question. he wants to ask you. Before Spurs, oh. before Spurs played in Europe, I had the so I never thought I'd see my club play. I had the opportunity to come and see Liverpool at Anfield in 2001 against Barcelona in the semi-final, second leg, Gary McAllister penalty, 1-0. Yeah. I was in, the, in a hotel before the game. 
and I, I think we pressed the wrong floor on the lift. And I come out the lift, and, and there's a Liverpool player running around the floor with a, with the towel around him, uh, singing the Nelly Furtado bird. I'm like a bird, I only fly away. Any idea who that was? <laughs> it wasn't me, was it? It was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was you. I didn't know we have the towel on you. <laughs> 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 all right brilliant cheers Jamie thank uh, you all right brilliant you all can right, make, make sure that makes the podcast okay. all right, <laughs> all right. All cheers boys thanks a lot thanks okay. a lot cheers, cheers. Jamie thanks bye 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 brilliant chat with Jamie Carragher and nice to hear he's got a soft spot for Spurs not only in the goals that he scored for us Answered correctly that because he grew up an Everton fan and they and and we basically handed the Everton the league when he was a when he was a young lad. Yeah, yeah. So that's why he likes Tottenham. Yeah, mid eighties. He, he likes uh, Tottenham because Tottenham was Spursy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's where it's, it's come to. As good a reason as any if you don't support him. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. And he stuck three in for us, so you know, fair play. I always like Cara. <laughs> uh, but he spoke uh, very highly about Jurgen Klopp, and we talked about yeah. being at the start of our journey and. Eight years coming up now for Klopp. Wouldn't it be lovely if, if this was the start of eight years for Ange? Well, I think also, I, I can't remember the exact Liverpool team off the top of my head when he joined, but I feel like, and this is a good thing for us, I feel like the squad that Ange has inherited was probably at a slightly higher level of the one that Klopp maybe inherited. And obviously the players that they've managed to bring in straight away perhaps could give us, maybe it won't have to be as long... As 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 Klopp, because Klopp went a while, didn't they? They had a few years of suffering. They had fifth places, didn't mm. they? We kept finishing ahead of them yeah. before they won anything. Uh, you you hope that maybe we could we can manage to pull something off a bit sooner. Than that. But it, it speaks to believing in your philosophy, sticking to your principles, and and I think the point that Cara made, which I thought was excellent, actually, um, that what Liverpool do that other clubs don't is they 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 put the manager on a pedestal mm. the fans and and they just believe in their manager come what may uh, unless it's like untenable but and, and t- too often you know well, it, 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 even even before Postacoglu started oh who's this guy you know like and every club does it and I'd like to think that actually maybe we do take a leaf out out of the Liverpool book and yes Krop is an exceptional manager but it hasn't always been Jurgen Klopp. It's been other managers that they've just got behind, whether it's Benitez, whether it's um, uh, Julier. And as a consequence, these managers have gone on and won. And and that's what he said is the difference between Liverpool and, and all other clubs. And I found it a fascinating answer. So I really hope we do get behind Postacoglu. Come what may, let him install his philosophy and his principles, unyielding to anything else. And, and let's just live or die by it. While you were talking, I wanted to go back to the... You said you can't remember the first Klopp team that he inherited. His first game was against Tottenham. Nil-nil draw at White Hart Lane in October 2015. I'm just going to read you that, that Liverpool team because it's, it's really not that bad. Mignolet, Klein, Moreno, Chan, Skirtle, Sacco. A bit rubbish. Milner, Lucas, Leiva, Origi, Lalana, Coutinho. He that defence is not good. Yeah, he inherited bits and pieces. I almost think that Ange has inherited a better team than that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it wasn't bad, that Liverpool team, but maybe Andy's no, inherited a better team. that's what team. I'm saying. So I'm hoping, if and if it can be a start of something, that actually we're, we're starting from a higher point, so that's even better, isn't it? No, okay. 100%, yeah. How are we looking for Saturday? Again, like I said, we've not beaten them for a long, long time. We've had some close shaves, like I said. We had a 2-2 draw against them a couple of seasons ago, which could have gone either way. 
prediction, Gary? So it's a really hard one to call. You know, most most games of the season, I've had a strong feeling as to what the result could be. I did feel like we could get a draw against Arsenal. This one, you could say any result and make a case for it. I'm going to hope for a Spurs win. Um, I agree with Carragher that it will be a, a, a high-scoring game, and I'm just going to hope that it's 3-2 to us and not 3-2 to them. Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. Uh, could it be three all? Maybe you imagine it, it could be anything. As I said before, we've scored two goals at least in every game, so I fancy us to score two. Mm. Do you fancy us to to stop them scoring two? Probably not. They've been on really red hot form. It's I guess it's whether somebody can nick a third or not. I saw bits of their game against West Ham on Sunday, and they West Ham could have had more than the one they got. Mm. Uh, Allison made a couple of good saves, as Jamie alluded to. I'm I'm gonna I think we're gonna beat them two one. Mm. I really do. Um, I just. There's a real feel-good factor, and we've had two home games. The fans will be buzzing to get back in the ground. Mm. The atmosphere is going to be really, really good. Well, how would you how would you feel if we do take just two points from Arsenal and, and Liverpool? Is that something to be, to go? You know what? I'll take that. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think I, I wanted four out of these two games. I wanted the the, the, the draw uh, at, at the Emirates. I wanted the win at the Emirates, but you know I, I think the draw at the Emirates, being, you know, being realistic and, and and go and beat Liverpool. But I think if you take two and you stay undefeated and the performances, and I go back to this, mm. you know, the, if the performance and the performance was very good against Arsenal, that that's what I was most excited about. It was yeah. a very good performance. I felt, and if the performance is similarly good against Liverpool and we and we only get the draw, then we can look at our first seven games and say we're unbeaten. There's so many positives in there we probably back ourselves to beat most teams. But if you're not quite at this point getting past a very good Arsenal team and a very good Liverpool team, it ain't the end of the world, is it? Agreed. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, if you think about at the beginning of the season, before a ball is kicked, where would we have been happy? Firstly, to see ourselves after seven games, but also where? what are our aims for the end of the season? They may well have changed for Tottenham fans now, having seen those first six. Actually, come the end of the season drawing at home to Liverpool and drawing away to Arsenal is not going to be is not going to is not going to define no, de- of define course not. your season of course not no okay so we all think it's going to be tight uh, I think we're going to nick it personally and you won't hear me say that often so I'm buzzing with Ange but, uh, <laughs> I don't, don't hear, hear that, that often at all <laughs> okay gents uh, another great chat another lovely episode great to talk to Cara and get your thoughts as always we will be back next week before we play Luton Town hopefully on the back of three points Saturday evening gents thanks as always and see you next week see you next week and up the Spurs <laughs>